little scamp. Here I am, mother. Here I am, mother. Oh, I am. Jimmy, Jimmy, where have you been? Your tea's nearly cold. Sorry, mother. I've been up to the post office to collect me old age pension. <laughs> mother, I've been thinking, why can't I wear long trousers like the other boys? Long trousers? Long trousers, Oi, you're oh, you little tinker, whatever for. Well, the hair on my legs is beginning to turn grey. <laughs> Cole and eat your tea. <laughs> what is it, Mother? What you always have, monkey glands. <laughs> Yes, the studio that gave you the Clitheroe Kid now gives you a show so heartwarming, so knee-trembling, so nose-gripping that only the BBC would dare. Ladies and gentlemen, the programme that contains 99% of all known jokes round the horn. <laughs> The story so far, the Japs were getting nearer. Brutal drill pig Sergeant Hugh Paddock, a regular now for the last 21 years, thanks to Boggis's fruit salts, <laughs> crouched in a foxhole. Nearby, a fox, played by nimble Betty Marsden in a skin, crouched in a Hugh Paddock hole, which he'd just dug. <laughs> the sergeant looked at his two companions, Second Lieutenant Bill Pertwee, he of the apple cheeks and pear-shaped body, and boyish, wistful Kenneth Williams, bent, as always, under the weight of the vicar's machine gun. <laughs> He'd borrowed it from the vicar. <laughs> Suddenly, Williams leapt to his feet, and unbuckling the Sam Brown belt that held up Sam Brown's trousers, <laughs> and brandishing them above his head, he cried, I'm going over the top. The censor got him before he'd gone two yards. <laughs> but suddenly, when all seemed lost, they heard the cry that told them that the long-awaited sucker was on its way. Good evening. This is the long-awaited sucker, <laughs> Kenneth Hawkins. <laughs> and that was Douglas Smith, England's only nudist, kosher, butcher, and man about town. <laughs> Town, of course, being West Hartlepool. <laughs> As this is the first to a brand new series, here are the answers to last week's questions. <laughs> Answer to question one complete the first lines of the following songs If I Were a Blackbird, I'd. <laughs> well, the answer is I'd whistle and sing, and I positively will not accept any other suggestions. <laughs> the second song was There's a Rainbow Round My. Now, um. <laughs> We got an amazing number of replies to this. Uh, haven't had so many since we asked you to complete Over My Shoulder Goes. <laughs> and really, it makes it very difficult for us to keep up the high reputation for sophisticated comedy that we've never had. And now, back again, hot foot from his thick army socks, comes that debonair yobbo, Douglas Smith. Hello again, fans. <laughs> And now, the further adventures of Kenneth Horne, Master Spy. I sat at the gaming table of my club. I'd been losing heavily at Shemmy. And not for the first time the thought crossed my mind, I wish I could Shemmy like my sister Kate. <laughs> I was in trouble and I knew it. Opposite me sat my adversary, the head of Stench whose initials stood for Special Executive for Terrorism, Extortion, Nuclear Counter-Espionage and Hand Laundry. 
So this was Cronkmire, the arch-criminal. He spoke. Come, Mr. Horn, Ducky, your deal. I beg your pardon. <laughs> Where does Ducky come in? I interpolated it. <laughs> After you said arch, if you'd wanted a butch criminal, you only had to say so. I can be as butch as the next man, can't I? <laughs> Of course you can. See? Oh, yeah. I'm not limited, am I? I've got range. I've got the range. I'm versatile. Of course. Mm. Versatile? Mm. And I, though? Mean. Bottomless is personality. Oh. He can run the gamut. Go on, yeah, run I the gamut for him. Yes, Go on, run it Yes, do your act. Oh, well, right. The one you do up the clubs up north. All right. Ladies and gentlemen of Greaseboro, I went to a Hollywood party the other night with my roaming microphone. Well, here I am at a Hollywood party, and who's that over there? Why, it's Tom Mix talking to lovely Theodore Barra. Hello, lovely Theodore Barra. Hello, Tom Mix. <laughs> Did, um... Theodore Barra really sound like that? Yes! That's what ruined her when talkies come in. I don't want to appear stuffy, but we're in the middle of a James Bond parody. I mean, you've only got one line, no need to make a meal of it. Here, I'll do it, Mr. Horn. I'm very humble. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. grateful for anything. Here, now, come on, please, Mr. Horn, please, however meanly it is, I'll do it. I'm, I'm humble, you see, humble. Oh, here we go. Yeah. Welcome, return of Uriah Pertwee. <laughs> Here, did you hear that, Mr. Horn? The way they sneer at me because I'm a provincial. Ah, they look down on me. They, they laugh at my rude moleskin trousers and my clumsy manners. They mock me because I'm not one of the fancy. But, but who would fancy anyone in rude moleskin trousers? Ah. A rude mole man. <laughs> You, you hates me, Master Kenneth, you always dig. Uh, and, uh, and now, ladies and gentlemen, the, uh, the Hunchback of Notre Dame. Why am I so ugly? Why am I so ugly? Answers, please, on a postcard <laughs> to round the horn, care of the BBC. Oh, Betty, Betty, please, don't you start, dear. I, I thought I could rely on you. Yes, you thought you'd bought my loyalty, among other things. Yes. <laughs> With... With, may I tell you, a plate of oysters and a bottle of milk stout. <laughs> I was a good girl till I met him. Selling flowers in Covent Garden, I was. Then he'd come along. He had, he had a wager with his fine gentleman friend, Colonel Eddie Braden. You great airy fool. Yeah. yeah. He said he'd pass me off as a duchess. Yes, he promised me the same thing. Any luck? <laughs> well, so, so. Between ourselves, I think the Duke's beginning to suspect something. <laughs> and Bernie Winters are now appearing in bearskins and frolics at the Opera House Blind Vaughan. <laughs> Meanwhile, back at the plot. Cronkmire and I stared across the gaming table at each other. His eyes smouldered fiercely, so I stubbed them out in an ashtray. <laughs> Cronkmire's hand snaked under his jacket and re-emerged holding something small, black and shiny that I recognised with a tremor of fear. You know what this is, Mr. Horn? Yes, a pickled walnut. <laughs> Precisely, and I'm not afraid to use it. There was only one thing that could save me now. I had to go for my gun. Uh, excuse me, Cronkmire, I have to go for my gun. Well, hurry back. Running <laughs> about here all night, clutching a soggy pickle bone. <laughs> I slipped out into the bar. At that moment, a waiter sidled over, sneezed discreetly in my drink, and whispered up my nose. It was the message I had been expecting. M wanted to see me at once. 
I hailed a passing announcer and told him to step on it. Smith? Yes, sir. Step on it, will you? Very good, sir. <laughs> there, I stepped on it. It's quite dead now. Oh, thank you. <laughs> then announce me to the headquarters of MI5. Certainly, sir. Five minutes later, outside a small back room in the top security wing of Whitehall. Coming, comrade. M's new secretary sat behind the desk. She had everything a tough, virile man could want. Big biceps. <laughs> a huge black beard. Not formally good-looking, but interesting to a certain kind of man. Uh, Bertram Mills, Billy Smart. <laughs> she spoke again. If you wish to see M, that decadent imperialist capitalist hyena, I'll tell him your ear. She waved me in the direction of the office with her Communist Party membership card. There was something wrong. What was she doing here? I'd have to ask M. I strode into his office. He was bent over his work. Off duty, straight as a die. Ah, <laughs> oh, Horn, I'm glad you come. That girl outside, your new secretary. Oh, me Gladys. Yes, has she defected recently? Well, none of us is perfect. No. <laughs> But we've, uh, we've got something far more important to worry about. Here, take these binoculars. Look out of this window at the Houses of Parliament. Now, what do you see? I see the Earl of Arran's at it again. No! <laughs> Look at Big Ben. But that's not Big Ben. What is it? It's just coming up to 12 o'clock. Listen. Fifty-foot-high cuckoo. Yes. <laughs> Indeed. Someone's stolen Big Ben and substituted a mechanical cuckoo. <laughs> so far, we've managed to cover it up. The BBC have been very cooperative. Before the ten o'clock news, uh, Hugh Green, the director general himself, comes into the studio and shouts, Bing Bong. <laughs> but if the poor chap ever gets laryngitis, it'll mean civil war. Yes, but... But who could have taken Big Ben? I mean, it'd be very difficult to get it out of the country. Ah, yes. We've alerted the police and customs officials to be on the lookout for a very tall man with an enormous bulge in his waistcoat pocket. <laughs> we do have one slight clue to the identity of the thief. A visiting card left at the scene of the crime. Ah. Yes. Dr. Chuen Ginsberg, International Clock Thief, 14 Station Parade, Switzerland. <laughs> Yeah, not much to go on, but why Switzerland? Well, I think the scriptwriters are planning some dreadful joke about what's the matter, Horn. Quite possible. <laughs> you, uh, you will be on your guard against yes, it, won't you? Now, we'll need, we'll need some special equipment. Uh, Colonel Haverstrap of Stores will be glad to fill you in. He never liked you. <laughs> I hurried to the bottom of the page where Colonel Haverstrap was waiting for me, disguised as a greasy thumbprint. Well, all right, Horn, here's your equipment. These are your small arms, uh, these are your puny airy legs, and uh, <laughs> this is your plastic Japanese junior spy kit comprising a small plastic dagger, the egg in bag trick, a revolving bow tie, nail through finger trick, an exploding banjo, and this. What is it? If there's no other way out, we use this card, but remember, you can only use it once. Get out of jail free. Yeah. <laughs> right. Good luck, Horn. There's a plane leaving London Airport for Switzerland in eight bars' time. Be on it. I relaxed in the luxury first-class compartment of the super constellation Pan World Airways swept wings up with camel <laughs> that was to take me to my rendezvous with fate. The hostess bent over me. We're about to take off, sir. 
Would you like a boiled sweet or cotton wool? No, I... I won't have the boiled sweets. They just fall out of my ears. I'll uh, just have some cotton wool, thank you. Here you are, sir. Oh, thank you. Hmm. Oh, it's delicious. Lovely. And suddenly I realised, too late... The cotton wool had been impregnated with a sleep-inducing drug manufactured from a blend of poppy seed, licorice and centipods. <laughs> well, to be honest, it didn't induce sleep, but it seemed the safest thing to do. <laughs> My head spun and then blackness engulfed me. When I came to, I found myself in a bare room strapped to an operating table. A face swam into focus, an evil face, the inscrutable Dr. Chuen Ginsburg. Ah, Mr. Hahn. So we meet again. I stole Big Ben. But why? Why? Because I wanted to undermine foundations of British Empire. Because I want to show I'm the most powerful man in the whole universe. Besides, my Mickey Mouse wristwatch are broken. <laughs> But you will never live to tell Horn. You are going to die. But before you die, you will be tortured. Aha! 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 It's about half a dozen of those, but I think we can take them as red. <laughs> ah! All right. All right, Mr. Horn. I clap hands. And here comes Charlie. Yes, <laughs> Gov. Good heavens. Isn't that your concubine, Lotus Blossom? Yes, but changed name by Deed Pull. Neighbours starting to talk. <laughs> now known as Charlie Girl from hit musical of same name. I laughed till my sides ache. Harold Hobson, Sunday Times. <laughs> now, now, my little bamboo shoot, my little sigh, double chin. So, mighty Mandarin, what is your bidding? I await your BS. I'll never at my BS in this time of the morning. <laughs> Go, my little nightingale, and prepare the torture. Yes, so, mighty boy lord, I run like a fleet gazelle. If you can imagine a fleet gazelle with hobnail boots on. <laughs> Mr. Horn, I shall leave you to await my little friend on whom no man has looked and lived. Goodbye, Mr. Horn. We'll meet again. Don't know where, don't know when. <laughs> but I know we'll meet again some sunny day. <laughs> I was alone. I thought, Horn, this is it. I started to saw through my bonds. And someone in Pinewood Bonds started to saw through his horns. <laughs> well, when you're in show business, you help each other. <laughs> then the door creaked open. A strange, wild-haired creature with insane, staring eyes and great fangs stood there. <laughs> it opened its huge, ravenous maw, and from its throat issued a spine-chilling sound which made my blood turn cold. Tears have been my And here to pile their peculiar brand of pelion on this load of old osser. <laughs> it's all right, it's not dirty, I looked it up. 
Ah, the Fraser Hayes Ford to sing you a track from their new LP, Let's Have a Party with the Lord's Day Observance Society Saxophone Quartet. Ladies and gentlemen, the Fraser Hayes Ford. Termite, he came a knocking, knocking on my front door. Well, he walked right in, sat right down, started nibbling on the kitchen floor. Well, he chewed on the walls, on the ceilings, and the halls. Lord knows he tried, but he kept getting thinner, never got no dinner. Finally, he sat up and cried. He said, It's plastic. I know it's plastic. Well, I know it ain't no wood, and it can't be no good. Bye and bye. Well, now early one morning, the month of May, I went down to the beach. There were cuties and beauties in the little bathing suities, and all of them within my reach. Now a 38, 24, 36 miss just happened to be walking my way. I said, please don't think me nervy, but you look so very curvy. Tell me how you got that way. She said, it's plastic. It's only plastic. Can be, but you know that it ain't me. She said it's plastic. I said it's plastic. Everything's gonna be plastic by and by. They're saying someday soon we'll have a plastic moon shining through the plastic trees. There'll be plastic ladies with plastic babies bouncing on the plastic knees. Now you may not agree that it's all gonna be, and this program may make you sore. But if you have a desire, throw your set in the fire, we'll smash it down the floor. Remember it's plastic. We'll say it's plastic. Now you can boil it, fry it, or bake it. Yeah, you know you just can't bake it because it's plastic. And thank you, the plastic Fraser Hayes, for... And now the part of the show that keeps you up to date with what today's people are doing. Trends. And first, the world of art. Pop sant! Well, pop it back in again, will you? <laughs> Let's get on with the show. Next, fashion. Balenciaga's dropped his skirts again. <laughs> oh, oh, bad luck, Balenciaga. <laughs> and what are the trendy people doing? Jean Shrimpton still has that indescribable stamp about her. Actress Samantha Egger is rumoured to be starting a company to promote her career. It is to be called the Egger Marketing Board. So why not go to work on an Egger? Still leading the pop music trend is that doyen folk singer's rambling Sid Rumpo. Well, we asked him to come along and sing some of his songs tonight, but unfortunately, he could. And uh, here he is, rambling Sid Rumpo. Well, now, me dearie, oh... 
I'll sing Willow Tip Willow for I've crumpled my doodle <laughs> That might be very painful for you, wasn't it? I'll give you the address of my garage. Yeah. Now, what, what have you got to sing for, sing for us this week? Uh, there's a hoary old folk song that I picked out from a home for hoary old folks. <laughs> to the quartering song or air which tells of the coming of spring to Clapham Junction. And it's about this young swain of they parts who goes forth to seek his true love. Suddenly spies this winsome creature sitting in the window with flaxen tresses flowing in the breeze. And he stands under the window in the moonlight, plighting his trough. And he sings, If you will marry me, my love, I'll give you a ruby ring, a single rose, a peacock in a cage, and the moon to wear for a garland in your hair, and three books of green stamp. <laughs> Then the object of his desires looks haughty at him and, tossing back the flaxen ringlets, sings this plaintive lament. <laughs> oh, you give me a single rose and a ruby ring to wear, oh, a peacock in a cage of gold and moonbeams for my hair, oh, I cannot marry thee, sir, I cannot marry thee, sir. For I am promised to someone else Besides, I am a geezer <laughs> Geezer, geezer Because I am a geezer Oh! Oh! I think I've ricked myself. <laughs> Thank you, Rambling Sid, and they say... They say romance is dead, don't they? <laughs> now, now for trendy people, the final accolade is to appear on one of the late-night television shows where exciting, fun, with it, super-type people get together and make boring, flat conversation for an hour. <laughs> I tuned in last Sunday night just in time to hear... Embalmed from London, the Seamus Android Show. And here is your host, Seamus Android. Uh, well, uh, we've got a really dull show for you tonight. Um, you'll be meeting some extremely lifeless non-entities with some off-the-cuff Sunday night rubbish that I'm sure will bore the pants off you. Um, my, first, my first guest is one of the original Gaiety Girls, now starring in a West End musical at the age of 98, Gladys Runt. Well, Gladys, you're 98. How does it feel? I can't remember. <laughs> to be back in the West End. <laughs> you must have some wonderful memories. Sure. Yes, yes, I have. I thought so. I have some very wonderful memories. Some very, very wonderful memories. Really? Well, well that's wonderful. Now, uh, would you like to tell us one of your wonderful memories? I'd like to. Yes, I'd like to very Good. much, but I can't remember. <laughs> but surely there, there's an anecdote told about you and Bernard Shaw. Oh, <laughs> yes, uh, oh I... that one. Yes, yes. that one, well, that one. Uh, 
Well, I was playing in Captain Brassbound's conversion. And, and, and one night, Mr. Shaw himself watched the performance from the wings. When I came off, we stood together for a few moments, and then he leant very close to me and whispered in my ear in that gracious way of his. He said, get off my foot, you silly old tart. <laughs> Very wise, very wise. And how true, how true those words are, even today. And talking. <laughs> and talking of hamster breeding in West Sussex <laughs> brings me to our next guest, the well-known stuttering Irish raconteur, Paddy Hanbell. Now, Paddy, how about telling us one of those wonderful and interminable anecdotes of yours? Well, I'm, I'm sitting on the... <laughs> Come along, dear. Panel? Yes, well, thank you very much, Paddy. That's... Uh... That's all we've got time for this week. But tune in. Tune in again next week when you'll be meeting some more Sunday night people who make you long for Monday morning. Good night. Well, there's nothing like good conversation. I think you'll agree that the Seamus Android show is just that. Nothing like good conversation. <laughs> now, the... Uh... The trouble with trends is that they change so often. And so last week, I thought it was time to pay another visit to Carnaby Street to equip myself with a new wardrobe. And so, taking my courage in both hands... <laughs> I went along to a men's boutique that calls itself Bona Drag. Hello, anyone there? Hello, Aunt Julian. It's my friend Sandy. Oh, it's Mr. Hall. How bone at about your eek again. Uh, of course, we're only filling in here, aren't we, though? Oh, Between yes, action jobs, yes. you see. It's been mm. a bit slack lately. Oh, a bit slack, yes. hasn't it, though? Mm, uh. Sam did have a tickle from the tenants last week. Yeah, oh, yeah. Had a tickle. On HM Tenant Impresario. No, no, the tenant's upstairs. <laughs> one's on his half landing. <laughs> They're in advertising, you know. They got us a commercial on telly, didn't they? Mm. Oh, you might have seen it. We just do the voices. Jewel. Jewel says in this great gruff voice, don't come natural to you, oh, do it? No, don't come <laughs> No, no. No, no, I'm more you like baritone, aren't I? Yeah, they're more than like baritone, you see, yeah. And, yeah, and he says... He says, what are you doing? Like that, don't you? And then I say, I'm the pea that can't get into the packet. <laughs> Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Part lovely. Part lovely, mm. I did. Oh, he makes a very convincing pee. <laughs> anyway, Mr. Holm, what can we do for you? Well, with all these new clothes coming out, I thought it was about time I got up to scratch. Well, don't let us stop, yeah? <laughs> yes, well, um... <clears throat> hang on a minute. I think Sand and I can show you something fairly kinky, if you'd like to hang on for a sec. Yes. Yes, and I'd like to see some clothes as well. Oh, he's bold. He's bold, though, isn't he? Let's 
see, though, and seriously, no. How about a nice paisley army style battle dress jacket? Army style? Yes. We call it old shock camp. <laughs> Haven't you got anything more conservative? Only in bespoke. Aren't you? Show me your swatch. <laughs> All right, well, thorn tweed's nice. Why not fawn? Him? Thorn? I wouldn't cheapen myself. <laughs> I've got it. Show him your up. Hey? Well, <laughs> well, no, thanks. I've just had breakfast. <laughs> Our party means, here we are, PVC with your bullseyes all over it. <laughs> Very lovely, trendy and lovely. In of the knee, innit? Oh, I go right off. Here, yeah, try this on. It's a PVC raincoat. And, of course, you'll want these PVC thigh length boots. Or, oh, a PVC cap to complete the toot plastic ensemble. Ensemble. You see? Mm. Yeah, it's your actual French, that is. Yes. Yes, there. Look. Oh, no, that's true. Yes. Look at yourself in the mirror. Go on, look. Look at yourself. Yeah. Go on, look at you in the mirror. Yeah, what do you think? I'm what doing. do you think? Well, I look rather like an eccentric farman, but oh. uh, I suppose if it's the thing to wear, I better have it. Mm. Now, one problem, though, how do I get it dry clean? You don't! Oh. You don't! Don't worry, you should be an arrangement with the garage next door. As soon as it gets grabby, you just nip in the five-minute car wash, you see, <laughs> and then half a dozen Irishmen owes you down. <laughs> Well, that's the end of this week's show, except for a police message. If any passerby in Lyle Street last Saturday night witnessed a middle-aged man stagger out of the Peeperama strip club and get knocked down by a passing cyclist, would you please keep quiet about it as my wife thinks I was in Folkestone? <laughs> Goodbye. See you next week. That was Round the Horn, starring Kenneth Horn, with Kenneth Williams, Hugh Paddock, Betty Marston, and Bill Pertwee. On the musical side, you heard the Fraser Hayes Four and Edwin Braden and the Hornblowers. The script was written by Barry Took and Marty Feldman, and the show is produced by John Simmons. <laughs>